Everybody, it is awesome to see you once again here at Corporate Security University's podcast. We are so excited to have you. I am Carlos Francisco. And I'm Scott Walker. And we have for you today, big time Lee Bernard, man. This is exciting. It's uh, Jaguar Executive Services President. And um, Lee, we're, we're pumped to have you. And I'll tell you why, man, because you posted something about Morgan. By the way, Morgan Wallen. Some people may call him Wallen, depending where you're from. And um, uh, I just learned about him, Scotty, just learned about him. Uh, a very good friend of mine from Nebraska was here at the house. And he said, man, you got to listen to this guy because I did grow up in Florida. So a little country, I I'm down with a little country. Now, don't mind my name, Carlos, you know, <laughs> but I'm down with country, man. And uh, so I really actually became a fan of the guy. So when I saw that automatically, Lee, when you posted at the stop, that was one. Two, I'm like, man, Lee's a big timer. OK, he posted a little something. I like that. And three. It reminded me of an interest, uh, uh, well, an interest that I had in the past of being a, a little bit of a bouncer, security guy, and uh, it brought me back on my days. Billy, how you doing, bud? What's going on? I'm doing good, man. I appreciate you guys for inviting me on this. That's good. Well, this is it, Corporate Security University. Scott, how are you feeling today, man? Are you ready for this? I am. I'm excited to uh, talk with Lee. I think, um, you know, first off, uh, good on you, Lee, to share with our community when, when, you know, everybody wants to talk about these curated things about how we do everything right and uh, the client's always the one that does something wrong and that's what we talk about. We need to talk about if we want our industry to improve, and by the way, it's critical that our industry <laughs> improves um, and gets better and, and uh, learns from its mistakes, we've got to share these things in our lexicon, right? So good on you to share that on LinkedIn. Really appreciate that. We'll connect that in the sh show notes as well so people can see that. But we have to have these open and honest conversations. When we do, when we as an industry do something that is not uh, the best service, let's acknowledge that. Let's learn from it. So we don't want to be critical here, but we do want to learn from it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Lee, so tell me, tell me about that, Mick, because... It was awesome. When you posted, I got on it right away. And thanks. Thanks for jumping on uh, this little, little podcast, Scotty and I. <laughs> oh, very good. Very good. Yeah. Um, you know, I see things like that. And we, you know, it's, it's not an isolated um, thing. I, I've seen things where, you know, people take pictures of their, of their VIPs or, you know, their pictures of them by the private jet belonging to their VIP. Um but, you know, we look at like event security, for instance, and, you know, event security is one of those things that, uh, um, and depending on which company you work for, you know, I, my, my whole uh, uh, forte is executive protection. Uh, that's what the industry I came from. So everything with dealing with an executive or a celebrity um, is very uh, closed in the sense of, you know, you get your non-disclosure agreements, right? You. You, you can't post on, on social media. You can't talk about them negatively and so on and so on. Um, I started working in the event industry. One, when I opened my business, a lot of people asked me to help them out with events. And then I also had to work part-time um, from the ground up, also to working events. So my, my business, I'm actually the leader. I do the operations. I come from a, a supervisor standpoint. And with my part-time job, I actually am a regular event security guy who has supervisors and managers. And I think that's kind of important because you learn kind of two uh, two angles. 
my thought on event security, um, you know, some of these places, if you take a, I don't know, Levi Stadium, for instance, in San Francisco. I know that place very well. Yeah, 70,000 people. You're going to hire hundreds of staffers and hundreds of security staffers. And you're going to have people that are going to do the mag and bag, right? They're up there doing inspections. They're letting people in the door. But whenever you bring someone close to the talent, I believe those people need to be kind of hand-selected. We can't just be so, uh, you know, I need a body. Let's just grab a body because you're going to get somebody for whatever their reason wants to take pictures or autographs or photographs. I don't get really starstruck um, by people. I mean, I was a martial artist. So Chuck Norris, you know, used to be I, growing up. I was like, oh, I want to be by him. But uh, uh, but normally I just, and it might be my age. I think right. uh, a lot of times. I what just, are you, 22? You look good. Uh, 22. You, 23. 23. <laughs> okay. I got older. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, I do think you have to be a little bit uh, more selective on who you put um, by your talent. And I had a, uh, the article or the uh, post that you guys were mentioning, I uh, put put in a question in jest. Should there be non-disclosure agreements when you're dealing with talent? And I know that some companies will be like, well, that's just too much. Um, but I, is, is it something where um, you put a non-disclosure agreement, however you want to write it, you know, if you're close to the talent, you can't do these things. And then every year when you're doing your training, because most of companies have have training that they do once a year to fit their audit needs or whatever um you bring it back up and say you know remember we signed a non-disclosure agreement if you're by the talent um yada 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 so i think uh um and that's one of the things that i had posted and it was really just a question some people liked it some people didn't as far as the nda for those kind of jobs but what do you guys think Scott, you okay? I mean, I got plenty to say on this one. Um, you know, yeah, man, we can go down the rabbit hole with NDAs, right? Or just really any kind of policies and procedures that you have. I think the real challenge is um, we're, we, we, uh, as a society, at least in the United States, have been out of going to events for two years, so we're a little like, ah, we need to get out and go. I need to go see the latest concert. I haven't seen my favorite person in however long. And um, so th- there's a lot of stress on the system right now. And there's a lot of stress in, in the security world, especially with events, especially with kind of what we call guard force management. Um, our guard vending partners are um, trying to find anybody and everybody to fill those roles. So, you know, policies, procedures, training, um, compliance with NDAs and things like that. I, I totally agree with you. And I think that's probably how the situation happens. And so, and by the way, I think the situation was, that that I a I don't want to give attribution to the where the video showed up, but a video product uh, showed up on a popular social media uh, platform that may or may not be owned by the Chinese, uh, and and so it, it, there was some concerns about hey you know, privacy for the entertainer or, or to the act, and uh, as well as we're dis, uh, somebody is disclosing what should not have been disclosed. Um, and from an EP standpoint, you know, that's always a nightmare too. Uh, when we would, I've worked with executive protection as well. And we, when you go to a venue, sure, you'd love to rely on those security staffers in the yellow jackets, but you knew that you couldn't. So if a fight broke out or if something happened, um, you're on your own. And I think that's a, it's going to be a real challenge for the industry. People want to come back. They want to go to events, but how do you do it safely? I think you've got to ha- put this on the vendors that, 
And by the way, third-party vendor management, nightmare, complete nightmare. How do you even know that they're licensed? You know, I'm not talking about the, the, well, the workers. I'm just talking about the organization that's hiring these folks. You know, are they paying them cash under the table? Are they paying them? Are they using uh, the appropriate type of labor? Are they working people appropriately to what the state standards are, where you're operating, blah, blah, blah. So I think there's so much here that we can look at. Um, and by the way, nothing that I just said is not, it, nothing I said is outside of the purview of a corporate security leader. We've got to know all of these things and at least be aware of them. We're going to be able to control them all. We got to be aware of them so we know how to mitigate risk to our, our companies and our organizations that we support. Yeah, Lee, you said a couple of things and it, and it really hit me. Um, and, and one of them was um, exactly what you said. If you're going to, if you're going to get somebody close to the artist or on the field or, uh, you know, close to whatever the case may be, you might want to pick some of the best ones to be out there. Uh, the ones that are professional and understand the ones that possibly have been through many events with you, because there's a lot of those folks around too. They'll stick. If you ever grew up in that business, kind of a little bit like I did, you will see that there's a lot of folks that are always there for you will always be there for the events. So you might want that, right? You don't want this guy. That's just going to say anything um, to, to anybody that comes through and that's it. And um, obviously you can, you can see the company, by the way, if you guys see the video on split, splickety splock, is uh, is the is the is the app if you guys want to take a look at that splickety splock splickety splock if um it, and you could see it uh, as a matter of fact you could click right where where lee posted and you can actually get right. to, the, to the video itself but um you, you will see that obviously that guy was not ready for it but here's a couple of things lee that i wanted to talk to you about there's a lot of things in there's a lot of risks in, in event security and we usually know what the risks are fights drugs um, people rushing the stage, rushing the back entrances, front doors, um, fights that turn into huge mayhem, you know, where people are dying because they're being trampled and all these other things that you've seen throughout. Probably we all have heard it in our lives and, uh, and everything else. One of the things that we usually don't forget is this, this risk to the artist that comes in this form, in this form right here, right? Because that's not what we're thinking about when we're out there. So I thought that was interesting. No, I, I absolutely agree. You know, and, you know, coming from the executive protection, we, we always think about like, you know, you protect your principal from physical, for, from intentional or unintentional harm or embarrassment or harassment, right? Well, if you start spewing, if you're now event security and maybe it's, I take an executive protection approach to it and you start spewing uh, rumors about someone being, you know, too drunk to perform, they left in an ambulance. I mean, oh, you know, that, that kind of stuff. And, you know, by the way, that was in the article. That's not me just throwing, throwing stuff out there. But uh, um, that's also an embarrassment. It's really an embarrassment to a lot of people. It's embarrassment to the performer. It's embarrassment to the, the company. In this case, it was, a, I believe, a third-party vendor um, contract was. company. And it's an embarrassment to the venue, um, the, pr the production staff. And, and, I mean, there's a lot of embarrassment that, that goes around. You know, and then and then the company itself, are they going to be trusted right. again? Now, in this in this case, the company came out and apologized. And uh, um, and you got to know once you put it in social media, it's out there. And, you know, and if it's something that you shouldn't. I have to believe this this guy. I mean, this guy knew what he was doing. Probably shouldn't have done. But for whatever reason, he did it anyway or she or I don't even yeah. know who yeah. the person was. But uh um, you know, they, you got to believe that you must not want to work there anymore. 
or something for uh, something to something to happen. And I just think it's a uh, it's really embarrassing to the people around you. If, you, if you're just going to think about yourself, you know, at least try and think about the other people around you that it impacts um, when you when something like this happens. Yeah, a little a little bit of education for the folks. We try to do this, Lee, often uh, in the middle of uh, in the podcast. That's why we are Corporate Security University. So here are some of the risks that you have to think about. And reputation now, it's a big one. You can see that that reputational risk probably put a lot of, uh, maybe a couple of people didn't sleep that night, right? And then uh, for the security company, obviously, like you said, Lee, are they going to be coming back? They probably just lost, you know, possibly a, a contract on a, an event like that, right? And then Morgan, I mean, who knows what kind of couple of fans he might have lost because he didn't perform that night and, you know, whatever the case may be. And they, they still haven't heard the truth, right? They've, they've heard only this message um, and that doesn't work well for him. So reputational risk, it's something that as you're designing your security plan on how you're going to build your security company, especially if it's a security events company, you might want to throw how you deal with the reputational risk of not only you, your company, the venue that you're in, because you're a partner with them in this in this venture, and also the artists and everybody else that's around. So make sure you always add reputational risk as a, as a piece. Scott? Uh, a question for both of you, because I'm not the events expert, so what is the criteria for selection and training of some of these folks and maybe even licensing oh, God. If you can speak to that? Is, is there licensing for, I know, I noticed they say staff a lot of times, so they don't use the term security. Is that so they can avoid security licensing? Hmm. Oh, <laughs> the, you, you can start, you're the guest, but, but I, but I got some. Well, I mean, it's, it's a great question. Um, so here where I'm at, um, you know, there's your security licensure, but if you have any kind of private property, you don't necessarily have to have um, licensing. Um, a lot of companies go with the guest services route. If they go with the guest services route, even though you are technically providing security, you can get by the whole security thing. In our state, the law says if you if you protect property, people, and animals, you need a license. Um, but there's still the private property. Um, issue where you know you these company and you know they they may call whatever they call it whether they say decide to go event security or guest that uh, guest services or venue ambassadors or whatever they decide to to uh, um, call you call the people uh, or their staff I like I personally like security licensing but I think because venue hires like I said college students to retired couples that want to work together it's a little bit harder, you know, third-party vendors might be, for my company, all my company is licensed. I do it for several reasons. Um, even if you want to work the front desk and I need you for an unarmed staff or something, you can help us out. Um, plus, it gives me kind of a, a background investigation without actually doing the background. I can do the reference checks, I can still call. Right. But I have pr pretty good idea that no felons are going to show up on my team. Um, you still should do your due diligence. I'm not saying get away from that. There's a lot of good with uh, with licensing, but you know the truth of the matter is a lot of venues can get away with with mm. uh, licensing, and and that's not to say that people without license aren't good at their job and, and doing stuff. There's just a advantage for having um, license backgrounding being yeah. a huge but advantage. Yeah. A, a staff of 200 people, it's a lot. Yeah, it's a little bit more complex and challenging. Because you're hiring them maybe for a couple of weeks, you know, well, not not even sometimes you're just hiring them for because uh, I think Lee mentioned this, uh, you know, and I 
happen to be part of, by the way, Lee, of Super Bowl 50. Probably have to talk a whole bunch about that. But, I mean, you're talking about going from a couple of hundred to a thousand security officers or or high hundred security officers to be able to take care of something like that. Where are you going to find them? especially in places where they don't exist. Uh, the Silicon Valley is an area that is extremely difficult to find your $15 an hour security officer. I promise you that. I know I've been there, done that to the point that, and I'm not going to name any companies or anything, but you have to go find people where you can find them for that kind of number of people that you only need for about a week, right? Okay. And then they're not going to work for you ever again. The A lot of the companies have found ways around that, and it's it's connected with a lot of other security professionals, even before they come out, hey, you want a side gig for, for a couple? Of, and they're finding a lot of people, like myself, there's a couple of our friends that came all the way down to, uh, to Phoenix uh, this past year to actually work uh, security there and just for fun because they've always wanted to work a Super Bowl kind of event. But what Lee was saying is perfect because we know this from our last podcast that we did, Scotty. Not every state requires a security license, period. Right. right? And then you got some states that require proprietary security license. You got California. most states that do not, as long as the, 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 the officer works for you as a full-timer. You do not. So here's the education, everybody. you got to research this kind of stuff. And then so you have that that you have to, to deal with. And then you have this other piece, which Lee said it perfectly. And you will see in a lot of um, events, kind of, what well, you will see in stadiums, you will see in uh, concert halls, you will see it in arenas and everything else. You will see where uh, get a guest service representative might be called instead of uh, exactly what he was saying, instead of a security officer, you know, because that that's what they are, right? That's what they're doing. So that's some of the ways to get around. But that, but it is, Lee, a very difficult business to run. It is a very difficult business to do it successfully, to do it well, because you need, you need a lot of people for a very short period of time. And yeah, sometimes some of these folks, you know, skip through the cracks and you're finding somebody that you may, you probably didn't want in your company. So all of the above, Scott, kind of answers, uh, I think answers your questions, but, but you yeah. just got to be careful. folks like that? I mean, you, you, oh, you must train them on mass oh. in a very short amount of time, right? So you have maybe eight to 12 hours of training for these folks. You know, it, so I'm big on training and I, I don't know, I wish I had a really good answer for that. A lot of companies of that size will do training and it'll come out. It'll be like your, your sexual harassment training or some of, of those kind of training, but training to actually do the security work, you know, in, in, uh, lately we've been seeing a lot of protesters, either whether they, you know, pitch invaders or whatever you want to call them and they storm the field. But, you know, as the security people that are out there, do you even know how to approach that? Has anybody ever really talked about that? Now, I've worked basketball courts, I've worked soccer fields, and I can tell you it's a lot easier to chase someone down on a basketball court than it is on a soccer True. field. Um, <laughs> and the older you get, it's not any easier. So it's uh, um, so there is a lot of training that you know that uh, could be done. I'm not I'm not really sure that there will be any good training in that um, anytime soon. Um, however, I think you know since th- to bring it back to where um, the podcast is, is, has been is I think when you get people close to the talent and, and I think you should have people that have some sort of, um, special training of some sort, whatever you decide that to be, 
you know, when I, in my company, I don't just grab a person that works for the company and say, I want you next to this million dollar, billion dollar person. I, I pick who I want next to them. So a person who's been to an EP school and they're going to drive them around, they've been to a driving school. Everybody has to have some sort of first aid anyway. You know, I'll pick those, those people. If it's a, um, they want them in more of a covert capacity, I'll, capacity, I'll make sure it's the person who's been to a covert protection school. Um, so, I mean, there is, uh, you know, things you can do. I just think it's, it does make a difficult decision for the venues in a, a whole, I think they have to be more cognizant on who they're putting um, with. It symbols a maturity thing. You know, you, you get maybe the older people down by the, you know, the, the people who aren't going to be sitting by the stage, taking pictures of the stage. Um, Cause you'll still see it. You'll still see people who are working, whatever they call them, whether it's guest services or security out there taking, taking camera things like that. What are they doing with that? Those pictures, you know, are they, are they post them on social media. Are they passing out to their friends to show a family to show how cool they are? You just don't, you just don't know. It de definitely, uh, um, there's a lot. I mean, I don't, I don't know what the true answer is <laughs> on that, on training. Uh, yeah. I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say very little, um, very little on, on those events. The usually what you'll find a supervisor has some training, management has has some training. As you go up the chain, has some has some training. What you will also find is is that your your bigger companies, Scott, from what I've been able to see, uh, you know, by the way, they're acquiring a bunch of events companies now, man. These yeah. bigger security companies. I mean, they're everywhere. Right. You know, they come with a little bit of training as well. So yeah, it's a difficult business to be in. It, it's it's man, it's a bunch of headaches. Uh, the return on investment, I don't think it's there personally. Uh, just the insurance you have to carry and everything else to, to prepare for an event like that. The amount of hours that you have to put in, Lee, I don't know if you remember, but if you're working an event like that, I remember uh, back in my days, a lot of times it was um, a 12 hour, 14 hour days uh, dealing with the hot heat, water, trying to give people breaks. I didn't, I didn't have people to give breaks to. I'm breaking myself. I mean, it's uh, it's a lot of work and God bless everybody that gets into that business because one, obviously we need it. There's a lot of issues still going on uh, security wise in a lot of these events. So we need uh, good folks to join in. But man, it is a tough, uh, very difficult business to get into. If that's what you're thinking about out there, everybody, please uh, reach out to Lee. Lee, reach out. Let, yeah. let Lee explain a little bit uh, to you how how hard it is, right, Lee? So, how can corporate security leaders utilize these vendors in a safe way? Um, because ultimately, if we're bringing these folks in, I mean, I'll tell you my experience when I first got to Silicon Valley. Within a few months, uh, we had a very senior executive who was at. One of our, uh, every year they do a big event um, releasing new products. And he was um, drinking in a bar late at night, walking across the front of the venue. And uh, some hoodlum grabbed a traffic cone and hit him with it and broke his arm. And so, um, and then robbed him. But we had requested off-duty officers placed in the front of the venue for this very example and uh, our security team took a lot of flack because a VP was um, severely injured during, quote unquote, during our event. Even though it was late at night, we still had the responsibility because the event was going on and we were responsible for event security. How can security leaders, what, what are some of the pitfalls? What are some of the tools that they can use to kind of be aware of these situations? And 
Well, sure. It starts I mean, with risk assessment. You know, I think like whenever you hire a like, or whenever you get police officers, the, the advantage of having police officers and security people aren't gonna like me saying this. The advantage of having police officers is resources. They can get on yeah. their radio, especially if they're to wear a uniform. They get on their radio and they can call for backup. If you're security, you don't even know if your radios work half the time. Getting back up there, um, so it it makes it you know a little hard. What I would say is you think about your three rings of security: your outer, middle, and inner. Um, I say that the closer you get inside, the more training they should have. So if you want to start your outer ring with just come and join us, and then get down to the inner ring where they're right by the talent, those guys should have more training, whatever that training looks like. Yeah, I agree. And if I'm hiring these companies, Scott, coming from the other way, right? If I'm if I'm the events hall, then I and I'm right and I'm and I'm hiding them, hiring them. Sorry, not hiding them. Jeez, they should have hid that guy. Them. Well, they should have hit that guy. That's for sure. But yeah. uh, you know, I'm looking for for those key things. Hey, tell me what you train your officers on. Right? Tell me how many people you have on duty today that are prepared to take on my venue. Not how many you're going to pick up if I give you the 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 contract. Uh, insurance, right? Are insured. Uh, we just saw a funny uh, news media thing where a, a town uh, hired a security company that wasn't even insured or licensed in the States. Yes. And they gave right. them a $700,000 contract, I think it was. And I'm like, oh, my God, you can't even look at that. Right. Uh, like you said before, Lee, get some references out there. Right. Let's figure out where they have worked and how well they, they have uh, they have done at these events. Those are, are extremely important. Um, I also love to see, and especially in the events world, Lee. I love to see people's uniforms. I hmm. want to see exactly what the uniform is going to look like. Because what, what are you I'm looking for, the, Carlos? Well, what I've for? learned in the events world is yeah. that, um, well, I'll tell you what I don't like, is that people yeah. come in with whatever sneakers, whatever pants that they want right. to have. They just literally throw a T-shirt at them. True, true story here, man. True type. Trust me. Uh, t-shirt at him and say, hey, come on, come on in, you know, do your thing. And like, man, where'd you find this, this guy? Like in, in the corner or something? So... You know, there's a lot of other things that, that you can do. Uh, you can check, check to see how many issues have they had legally, you know, with the state where they're licensed at. So you can do a lot of those things. You will find a lot of events. Security folks have a lot of uh, court time. Uh, let's just say that uh, because it is a tough business. So you got to go and investigate all these things uh, out there, everybody. If you're going to hire a security events company for you, for yourself, for your venue, uh, and on the other side, if you're a security company or somebody that wants to do that, listen to what I just said and make sure that you're tightened up, buttoned up, ready to go on these kinds of things. But listen, gents, we got literally about two minutes or so, two and a half minutes, Lee. What do you think? Are we missing something in, in that event security industry? What are we missing? And how can we be better? And how can Corporate Security University go out there and try to enlighten folks in that direction? Well, you said it um, perfectly when you were talking about um even the uniforms, right? Whatever that may be, there's a certain professionalism that goes along with that. And so if I'm coming up as executive protection, I want people around, I want them to look professional. So I think we have to really um, hammer down what professionalism looks like, because it may look different to other people. I don't know how, but it may. So it, uh, you know, just one, one level of discussion. All right, man, we're going to call this the, the case of the security officer that never should have been. Uh, we, we should have, we're just going to call it sh never should have been in that position. How about that? Right. Never should have been in that position. But Lee, thank you, Mr. Lee Bernard for coming out, hanging out with us. 
Thank you for the post. Thank you for uh, educating us a little bit and the folks out there. That's what Corporate Security University is all about, man. And we're trying to do our best to just get out of just kind of your security guard card company. We don't even focus on that at all. We're looking at leadership stuff and everything else that we're doing. So if you're not looking for, for Mr. Lee, uh, you can easily find him on LinkedIn. Good looking, by the way. Smile there on LinkedIn, uh, Mr. Lee. And uh, But he is the president of Jaguar uh, Executive Services and uh, CEO as well. So, and a qualifying agent. Wow, look at that. That's big time. Big time, man. Thank you, sir. Thank, Thank you for you. coming out and uh, spending time with us. But uh, this is Corporate Security University. Security excellence through education. I am Carlos Francisco. I'm Scott Walker. And we are out of here. Thanks again, Lee. Take care, everybody. everybody. We'll see you. Bye.